I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 82. Beware, lest thou forget the Lord. Studying Deuteronomy chapters 6 through 8, 15, 18, 29 through 30, and 34. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come follow me study for busy moms. I'm your host, Donica Contour. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a daughter of God just trying to get home, and I hope that something I say here today will help you on your journey home too. Is it even an episode of Naptime Devotionals? If you can't hear water in the background because I'm doing laundry. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, well. <clears throat> We're going to see if we can get through this. The babies are all playing upstairs. Um, so let's do it. All right. We're in Deuteronomy all over the place today, but mo- we're all in Deuteronomy. Um, so we're going to start with chapter 6, verse 14. And I'm just going to touch on a couple of scriptures here that I kind of stood out to me while I was doing the reading. Um, you shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are around about you. And I am going to read... Um, some of these verses, and I'm not going to read other ones, just because, like I said, it's, it's a lot of material. So this particular verse I really liked because I think that it's easy for us now to look back and be like, obviously I'm not going to worship a golden cow. Like, really? I don't, I don't need a golden cow. Um, but how much time do we spend on our phones? How much time do we spend um, watching TV? How much time do we spend? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't have habits or habits, not that you shouldn't have hobbies, that you shouldn't have outlets. Um, I am 100% a person (laughs) that will buffer, so to speak, with my phone where everything's getting too loud and the house is too messy and none of my clothes fit right. And I'm just going to sit here and scroll Instagram and pretend that the rest of the world doesn't exist. Um, Which, by the way, pro tip for scrolling Instagram, I recommend going through and when you make stories or whatever, do highlights, right? Have a highlight bubble of like the good cozy moments, right? Those moments where your kids are being super cute or your husband said something sweet or, you know, whatever it was that you wanted to share that you're like, oh, this is so nice. Put it in a highlight bubble so then when you're scrolling Instagram, scroll your own highlights. Because scrolling your own highlights helps you feel better about your life because you're not comparing your behind the scenes to somebody else's highlight bubble. You're taking a look and refreshing your mind of what your highlight looks like. And I don't know. Anyway, that's just a random tip. But we, it's easy for us now to look back on the Israelites then and be like, um, why are you guys going after these other gods? Like, obviously the golden cow is not God. Like, really? Um, but there will always be other people who will always have other focuses, other gods, things that are the most important to them. And again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be ambitious and you shouldn't have goals and dreams and things that you want to accomplish. I believe that a lot of our dreams, um, are given to us by our heavenly father as terms of our, like our passions and stuff. Um, but at the same time, you want to make sure that, um, our focus our why of why we're doing things is the savior is to be in line with our heavenly father's will for us. Um, and that we're using what we have in terms of our reach, so to speak, right? Like my social reach is basically this podcast and the like 100 of you guys that follow me on Instagram. Um, 
And so I, I don't have, like, my cousin's got, like, 30,000, 40,000 followers or something on Instagram. I always tease her. She's Insta-famous. Um, but she, she's, so she's got a bigger reach than I do. Right. But I don't look at that and be like, Oh man, I like, why even bother? I can't even reach anybody because I don't have this many people following me or liking me or reading my stuff or whatever. And the point is not that the point is to lift where you stand. Some of us stand and reach further than others. Right. Um, I don't know if you did, I want to say it was Elder Bednar that told the story. Maybe it was Elder Uchtdorf. They told a story about having to move a piano and they tried doing all these different things and it just was not working. And eventually they figured out lift where you stand, right? So wherever you're standing by the piano, just lift it up. And they were able to do this and move the piano. Um, and so I think sometimes we get caught up in other things and comparison and it can lead us to switching our focus and having other gods, um, and so if we keep our eye on the Savior, I don't think that we'll go wrong. I think that we'll be fine. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Okay. So we're going to we're still in chapter 6, verses 20 through 25. Um, <clears throat> this is basically just talking about passing things down um, orally for them. And I think it's so important for us right now to write down our spiritual experiences for us and for those to come, right? For our children, for our grandchildren, etc. Um, because being able to read your own words, telling yourself about a spiritual experience you had is a lot harder to deny, um, than your memory, right? Cause there's sometimes we have these incredible, um, experiences, these spiritual experiences. And we think, Oh my gosh, I'm never going to forget this. Like, that's it. I am on the straight path. I am on the straight and narrow for the rest of my life. Like we're good to go. And then like the rug gets ripped out from underneath you and you're questioning like, wait, did that even happen? Like, I think I made that up. Right. Um, I don't know if that happens to you. It happens to me sometimes. And so being able to look back and read my words of my experience is powerful for me to be able to hold on to those stories, but it's also going to be powerful for my kids and making sure I like verbally tell them these stories as well and tell them about times that life was hard and I prayed and it got a little bit easier or times when I was so brokenhearted or I didn't know what to do. And I did this thing, right? I read my scriptures. I prayed, I went to the temple and I got answers and maybe it didn't make life less hard, but I had, help. I knew what to do. I had a direction that I was going. I knew that there was a purpose in my pain. Um, so it's important to pass on these events. And we also need to express to our children why we do our traditions, right? Like why is Christmas so important? Why is Easter so important? Why, um, you know, and like talk about these things, I mean, obviously like I'm, you know, keep it age appropriate, so to speak. Um, I'm not going to sit there and explain to my three-year-old the depths of what the atonement is to me. Um, but I can tell him in a very simple way that he will understand why the atonement is so important to me. Um, okay. We're going to jump into chapter seven, verse nine. 
This one says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that um, love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Um, and I just like this little, like, I don't know what to call it, like a little, not affirmation, but like, yes, this God, you're following the right God. He's, he, I, you know, he's a good guy, <laughs> I promise, <laughs> you know. Um, I just love this particular verse. Um, okay. And then we're going to jump to this one, which I'm sure, you know, if this is not the whole verse, this is the part that I thought I was like, that stood out for me was in chapter eight, verse three, man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. And I love this because this is talking about our spiritual life and our physical life. Like, right. So let me tell you something crazy that maybe you didn't know. Um, for a long time, bread was the main course, right? I did a lot of research on bread because I'm weird. Um, <laughs> and freshly ground wheat, like if you take the wheat berries and you grind them up and you make bread with that immediately, like within five hours, um, the amount of nutrition that's packed into that bread is like tenfold. It's um, I think I might be making up numbers here. I want to say that this is right, but I could be totally wrong. I want to say that there's like 44 essential nutrients that human beings need to live. And bread made from freshly ground flour has 40 of them. And so then all you need to do is like eat some salmon and an orange and you get the other four. Um, otherwise you'll get scurvy. <laughs> but the point is, is that for a long time, bread... Right. We live in the United States. It tends to be a protein, right? We tend to have like some kind of meat, chicken, beef, pork is like the main and then you have sides. But actually for a long time, bread was your main course. And then you had a cup of, you had a little bit of meat and a little bit of fruit and veg. Um, and so the fact that he's saying that man cannot live by bread alone is really cool. Um, because physically, um, you can live by bread alone with a little bit here, there, right? Again, we don't want to get scurvy, but spiritually you cannot live based on what you have physically spiritually in order to not suffer a spiritual death. We need to make sure that we are following and living from the words that proceed out of the mouth of the Lord. Um, and obviously we know this to mean the scriptures, personal revelation. Um, we have, uh, our prophets and our leaders, all the gajillion years of general conferences that we have access to all of this information, right? <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and so I think it's so important that we, I love to think of this, right? Cause we've, we hear, I want to say, is it Nephi that talks about feasting upon the words of Christ? And I love to think about that. Like, when I sit down, I think I've probably talked about this before. When I sit down to Thanksgiving, right? <clears throat> like there's the turkey and the mashed potatoes and there's the, the salad and the rolls, the rolls. Oh, rolls are my favorite always. Um, I will always go back for <laughs> more bread and pie and I don't know, all the gazillion different delicious things that there are to eat for, um, at Thanksgiving. Do we go up? 
Unless, I mean, I guess if you're three years old, you eat like one little piece of turkey and a roll and then you're done. But for the rest of us, <laughs> do we go up and we just take like this itty bitty little thing and they're like, no, I'm good. Like, oh, I'm going to eat this one bite of turkey. And like, we just leave the rest of it on the table. Or do we load our plates and eat until we feel like kind of gross and overly full? I'm definitely the second person there. And then like, an hour or two later, people are like, pie. I'm like, yes, pie. Yes, please. I will take three slices. <laughs> you can roll me out of here. Um, roll me home. But um, the point is, is that do we approach the scriptures the same way? Do we approach the word of God the same way? Do we just kind of nitpick and take, well, I, I agree with that. I'll take that and um, I'll take this other thing because I like, I like the one that says love your neighbor. That one's nice. Um, and then I will take love yourself. Hey, I don't need any of the rest of this. I'm, I'm good. I'm good with this like bread and a little bit of turkey. That's fine. And I'm just going to leave the rest of this. And <laughs> I mean, if you're going to pick two things, I guess those ones aren't bad, but you, do you leave the rest of the words of God on the table, right? Like there's all this good stuff or do you stuff yourself so full of them I don't think that you'd ever feel sick of it, but like I have had ex experiences where I have been so spiritually fed that I feel overly full. Does that make sense? Like going to time out for women or like when I was a kid and I went to EFY or, um, these experiences that leave you that are so spiritually fulfilling and so spiritually filling that you're like, I need a couple of days to just process all of excuse me, to process all this because it's just so much, right? Um, and But those are always so good too. Does that make sense? Okay. So I want you to think about the next time you're going into your scriptures, um, think about are, are, you, are you just taking one little bite of turkey or are you loading up your plate? And it doesn't necessarily have to be in terms of like the number of scriptures, but more about the quality of your scripture study versus your quantity. Does that make sense? Hopefully it does. Okay, last, just kidding. I have two final ones. Um, the one I want to just add here is, Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as a man chasteneth his son, so thy, the, the Lord thy God chasteneth thee. And this is something I like to kind of remind myself, right? That our Heavenly Father is our Father. And sometimes um, kids are not good listeners. Uh, raise of hands, me, right? I'm not always a good listener. And sometimes I need to be chastened. If, um, sometimes it happens while I'm chastening my own children. I'm like, oh my gosh, Julia, why can't you just listen? I told you the same thing 10,000 times and I can hear Heavenly Father going, yeah, yeah, you want to say that a little louder for the lady in the pink shirt? Currently wearing a pink shirt if you're listening to the podcast and not watching the YouTube video. I am wearing a pink shirt. So, a little louder for the lady in the pink shirt. Um... <laughs> And I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's me. That's me who has not been listening, even though he's told me 10,000 times X, Y, Z, and I'm still not getting it because spiritually I am seven years old and that's okay. Right. Um, cause unlike me, our heavenly father is eternally patient, um, and will never give up on us, which I also hope to never give up on my children. Um, but I think that this is important to recognize that being chastened, being ch chased, ch no, that's a different word. Chastised? Chastised. That's what I want. 
being chastised by our Heavenly Father, by our leaders, is not like, you suck, you're the worst. Um, it's not, you're not worthy to, of my love anymore. Being chastised by our Father in Heaven is, hey, I love you, and you're not on the path that you need to be on if you want to come back to me, right? It, that's that's the conversation, right? It's the conversation I have with my kids when they're doing things that they know that they're not supposed to be doing but are still doing them, right? Um, okay, and this is the note that I want to end with. This is in chapter 18, verse 13. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. Um, and I like to insert the word complete whenever I see the word perfect in, um, in the scriptures, because I think in the world that we live in right now, we have a different concept of what perfect means versus what I think whoever translated scriptures a zillion years ago meant by perfect. Does that make sense? Um, and so we think of perfect as something without flaw which, again, with the help of Christ, with the atonement, we can eventually one day be without flaw. Um, but we have to make a lot of flaws. <laughs> we have to be very flawed to get to that part. And so I like to look at this complete, right? Because complete means whole, as in a complete experience. Um, thou shalt be complete with the Lord thy God. That if everything else goes to pot, if you don't have the million dollars and the Ferrari and the latest iPhone and all the things that the world tells you that you need in order to have a perfect life, if all that you have is the Lord, you have a complete life. Does that make sense? That you can find that happiness and that complete experience if the only thing that you have is the Lord. I always think of Job, right? He loses literally everything. He actually comes to a point where he is like, God, why didn't I just die in the womb? Like that seems like that would have been less cruel than the life that I have been leaving, leading because everything, he loses everything. Um, but he also remains faithful, right? Um, and so I just want to end with this idea that when we're feeling incomplete when we're feeling very very flawed that remembering to turn to the Lord and ask him to show us how he sees us does that make sense so I go to him and say Heavenly Father how do you see Donica contour how do you see me because I am seeing something different right now and I need to see what you see because I think what you see is probably a lot kinder than what I see right now and um, I have had experiences where I feel that rush of love and that like, you're doing a lot better than you think you are. And yeah, you made some mistakes and you yelled at the kids today, but you also apologized to them. And you know, you snuggled with them and watched a soap video or, you know, whatever. Um, and so I think keeping that in mind and remembering that we always have that option to turn to our father in heaven, to turn to our savior and that they are forever and unconditionally loving of us for us. And that they will always be there for us to turn to. Okay? All right. I'll talk to you next week.